Welcome to Conquering Your Clownfish, a podcast dedicated to transforming disabilities into special abilities. I'm your host, Brady Murray. All right, we are so excited to welcome our amazing and very special guest, the talented Kenneth Allen Thomas. Kenneth comes to you from the East Coast. He has an incredible background in dance, has an incredible story as a father, trusted with a loved one that has special abilities, and he is my dear friend. You can check out Kenny on his Instagram channel. He is an absolute influencer and somebody who is changing the game as it comes to influencing the mind and encouraging people to rise up and become their best selves. So Kenny, welcome to the show, my friend. Brady, I appreciate you having me on, brother. I'm ready to rock and roll. Excited for you, man. Absolutely. So this last year in March, um, I had the opportunity to be able to meet Kenny for the first time in person when you had the opportunity to come out here to Utah and MC a big Down Syndrome event that we had. And so super excited to be able to have you. You're just an incredible individual and inspiration for me. And so I'm excited to be able to hear your story. Yeah, man. Utah is a very interesting state, by the way, you know, so I think that everybody should definitely make a visit to Utah. You know, at some point in their life, you got to get there. Amazing atmosphere, very nice people, good food, by the way, yep. as well, too, you know. So, yeah, man, let's jump in. I mean, you know, like you, raising a child with T21 Down syndrome, for those that don't know what that is, if you're just listening uh, for the first time, Christian was born with that that special extra chromosome, right? Normally you get 23 from mom, 23 from dad. But, you know, me and my wife, we always say we got a little excited when conceiving him. So we throw in a little extra. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when Christian was born, that was like really like the shift, you know, take place in our life. You know, prior to the diagnosis, we knew that there was like 76% chance that he would have Down syndrome. Really? And that came up in the testing beforehand then. Yeah. And the testing beforehand. Yeah. And you know, there were some challenges there with the, you know, with the doctors and, you know, some of the things that, you know, we're not necessarily believers in abortion or things like that. You know, whatever it is that God, you know, has for us, we're going to go and, yep. and take on that challenge. Like we're, we, we, you know, we were made for it. You know, when Christian was finally diagnosed that he had Down syndrome, you know, my wife, you know, she ended up crying. Yeah. And I was the one that said, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like we're going to, we're going to make it through. Because we didn't know exactly what to expect. Yep. And I believe in, in our relationships, there always has to be that one that's strong. If someone is is weak, you know, the other person makes them strong, right? Or makes her Amen strong. That. Yep. So when he was diagnosed, he was born with a rare blood disorder. And that blood disorder, you know, led to Christian actually having to be hospital visits, like at least two to three times a week where he was, you know, getting poked and getting his blood work drawn to make sure that he didn't have leukemia or any other type of blood cancer. And what happened was when he was born, he had very low platelet counts. So his platelets were in the low, like thousands, maybe like 10, 11,000, somewhere around there where your average human has hundreds of thousands of platelets flowing through their body. So before Christian could actually leave, he was in a NICU for about 10 days, and we had to see if his blood levels can get up to over 53. This is right out of the gates when he- Right out the gate. Yep. Yeah, right out the gate. We hit challenges immediately. There was no, we didn't even get a chance to hold him when he was born. He went right to the NICU from there. And, you know, we didn't get a chance to hold him for, you know, a couple hours later um, until after he was born. And then we found out that he had Down syndrome and, and all those things. But, you know, through it all, through prayer and just- 
staying, having faith and things of that nature, we continued to press forward. And we started learning about the early intervention and things in that nature. But about to fast forward a little bit, 14 months into his life, you know, we were at this point, it was the normal thing for us to do, which was going to, you know, the hospital, going to get his blood work done. You know, it yep. was literally in our schedule, you know, two, three times a week. This is what we're doing at this particular yep. time. And at that moment, you know, 14 months in, his hematologist, she said that I'd like to get him a second opinion on something because I saw something in his blood work and I didn't like it. So I'm going to send you guys over to CHOP, which is in Philadelphia Children's Hospital. Yep. And we're thinking that, hey, this is going to be a regular checkup. We made the appointment. But actually, in the middle of that, I don't really share this too much, but we had insurance issues in the middle of this. So the thing was, is that our insurance wasn't taken in Pennsylvania. So we had to take them over and our particular insurance didn't take. So we had to, you know, get a dispute and dispute it just to get them seen at least one time. So once he got seen and it got disputed, once they had him, they had to cover. Right. So at that point in time, we ended up, you know, thinking that we were going to be in there about 45 minutes or so. And our kids, the story goes, that's all. I tell everybody this, our, you know, my kids did well in school that summer. It was the last day of school. I said, okay, cool. We're going to go to Dave & Buster's. But before we do that, we're going to swing by the hospital, get Christian's blood work, and then we're going to Dave & Buster's, right? This is what we're doing. That was the plan. And 45 minutes actually turned into two hours, and we're waiting and waiting. And the doctor comes back and says, we have to take your son down to the emergency room right away. Oh, man. And we're like, wait, what, what's going on here, doc? And he's saying to us that Christian has AMKL, which is leukemia. It's a blood cancer. So we're like, all right, doc, so slow it down. Like, what exactly has to happen? Well, we got to take him down to the emergency room and we got to operate on him immediately. And, and if we don't, then, you know, it could end up, you know, pretty worse. So luckily, you know, they caught it and he went ahead and, you know, had the surgery, had a bone marrow tap and all of that. And um, it got quite, I don't want to say scary, but concerning in a sense, right? So I, because you didn't know which way it was going to go. I want to ask, like, this is, you know, you have diagnosis confirmed of Down syndrome. Obviously, that in and of itself can be a very traumatic experience for parents. And then yeah. and on top of that, just in these, like, right out of the gates, you have a son that has Down syndrome and has been diagnosed with leukemia. Talk to me about how you managed through that. How did you get through that? And with with Jocelyn, like, how was that for her as well? I grew up with, like, a a huge, you know, faith background, right? And I think that when we're facing challenges in our life and things in that nature, like, nothing is by coincidence. Everything is by design. And I believe that in that moment, it was by design, and I was supposed to go through it. So my mindset was when we change the mind, we change the game. You know, let's change this mindset here. Let's not do the woe is me. We're supposed to go through this for some particular reason. Whatever that reason is, let's just go through it. And my mindset at that moment was, okay, set the atmosphere. I tell people this all the time. There's a quote that I live by right now. It's by a guy named Michael Pitts. He says, lyrics affect the mind, rhythm affects the will, and the melody affects the emotions. Show me what a person is listening to, and I'll show you their lifestyle. Oh, wow. So I take that if I wasn't like embedding myself with the right things, feeding myself the right things, putting myself in the right environments, putting myself in the right atmosphere, then my mindset would be different when challenges come. 
Yeah. But the fact is, is that because I feed myself things that are pure, things that are, you know, godly, things that are, you know, good for the soul and good for the body, when these challenges come, I'm already ready and I can help others that are in that moment that may not have the type of faith that I have, but I can lend my faith to that person. So that was really like my mindset in helping my family and also the doctors as well too at that time. I just got to commend you for that. I mean, that is, those are two life-changing, crushing diagnosis that yep. are received. And that is powerful. When you change your mind, you change the game. I love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it sounds catchy, but it's a the true thing, right? Like everything we do starts with the mind, like everything we do. And I just, you know, firmly believe that if we can, transfer that and if for anybody that's listening if you maybe you're going through a tough time and everything right now and you think that the whole world is crashing and you feel like you can't make it or you can't go through or you don't know how you're going to go through everything is a mental thing at first right and once you mentally have come to grips with okay this is my reality now you can create the plan on how i'm going to attack it but if you don't come to grips with this is the reality like today is groundhog day it's groundhog day it's a reality it is right so let's go and push forward. And how are we going to attack this particular situation? You're there. You're not going to dinner. You're there in no. the hospital now. Yeah. We're there in the hospital, not going to dinner. 45 minutes turned into two hours. Two hours actually turned into 32 days straight in the hospital. Oof. Not a backpack, nothing. Like it was the craziest thing that you could ever think of. My kids had to sleep on an air mattress at their grandmother's house the entire summer. They had a, a business called the Level Dance Complex, which is a dance studio where we live here in Jersey. And I had to shut my dance studio down. I couldn't be open because I had to be there for Christian, obviously, and my wife. We were literally open six days a week, and we turned six days a week down to two days a week. Now, you as a business owner, you understand that, you know, you shut down for, you know, you're taking pretty much 90% of the revenue yep. out from those days and you're only open 10%, you know, out of the week. And you know what? I, that was a sacrifice that I had to make in order to be there for my son. And I ended up making sure that he had me, had his dad right by his side. So no amount of money, no amount of fame, no amount of whatever it is, it didn't matter because at the end of the day, I had to be there for my son. And the one thing that got us through was the gift that we have inside. Right. So I oftentimes say, Whenever you're in a challenging situation, use your gift to make the shift. Now, the question is, is that, you know, do you know what your gift is, right? And oftentimes it's, sometimes it's the thing that you're most passionate at. And maybe you don't even have a passion for it, but you're super gifted at it, right? That one thing is the thing that's going to help you make the shift inside those challenging situations, right? It's almost like, you know, for me, when I faced this particular challenge with my son, my gift is dance. So I started using it inside the hospital room. And when I started using it inside the hospital room, Brady, you know this, like, you know, children that are born with Down syndrome have very low muscle tone. That's right. So my son was 14 months old at the time and hasn't sat up by himself yet. Where your average baby is probably sitting up three, four months maybe right. by themselves, right? So he didn't have the muscle to, to do that until I started dancing in the hospital with him. Okay, so tell us, because this is such an incredible and inspirational part of this story. Yeah. Tell us this background on dance. And so you talk about passion, yeah. you talk about how you utilize that passion in the service of others. Talk to yeah. us a little bit about your background in dance. Yeah, so I started dance, I've always danced as a, as a kid. I'm originally from North New Jersey. So I was born there, 
my family is from up in North Jersey. When I was like four or five years old, my family ended up moving down to South Jersey in the Willenboro area. Well, Willenboro is the town that I grew up in, but we would always go up to North Jersey on the weekends. So my cousins, they would be at all this, the cool city parties. They would, at any type of family function, we'd be at grandma's house. You know, we call it Big Mama. <laughs> Big Mama's house would be there, and you know, after church. And they would be doing all the cool dances. And I would never dance in front of my, my cousins. I wouldn't even try because they were so good. So I was kind of intimidated. And they would do all the party dances. And then what I would do is I would see those party dances and then I would take them down back home where I live and I would practice them in my room. And eventually, you know, back in the day, we had these teen parties. We had like a club actually. So we would go to the club. I would start going to the club when I was like 14 years old. I wouldn't recommend kids going to the club now. So I started dancing in the club and the teen parties. We had this spot called the Milk Bar back then and also the Matrix. And we would, I would dance at the Matrix and dance in those clubs and dance in, in those parties or dance at any school dance like I would be dancing. When I was 19, I was actually going to school to be an architect. So I was in college, 19 years old. You know, my friend Bryce comes down, knocks on my door and says, you know, I, I heard you, you know, you dance and from around the way, you know, you're at all the parties and stuff and I'm starting a dance crew. And he said, I wanted to know if you wanted to be a part of it. Now, mind you, Bryce doesn't dance. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I'm down or whatever. He said, no, I'm going to be the manager and, you know, I'm going to get a couple guys together and, and then we're going to get down. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we end up actually practicing out of my mom's house on her rug. <laughs> if my mom hears this, she she's going, she knows, like, we, we tore her rug up. <laughs> it, it, hence the term, cut a rug. And they, <laughs> we were literally cutting a rug in my mom's living room, practicing for whatever it is that we were practicing for, for. We would really be practicing just to go battle other teams. And that fueled my passion. We go to Philly for the first time. When we go there, we see this other team that's there. And we say, like, yo, man, we could take them. And at this time, we're just a bunch of freestyling guys. We come out, we start freestyling, we start dancing. They start freestyling, they start dancing. And then they start coming up with routines. And then we start getting shut down. And Brady, when I tell you, like they were shutting us down and shutting us up, we didn't even go back out on the dance floor. <laughs> it was that bad. It was that bad. It was horrible. It was like, and we start arguing with each other because we're like, yo, you were supposed to do this and you were supposed to do that. Well, how come you didn't go out? How? So it was either, either we're going to go back home and practice or we're going to go out and get better. And what we did was we went back into my mom's living room, back into Bryce's backyard, and we start practicing more and more and more. We come back three months later, and we get toasted again and again and again and again. But we just kept coming back. Every week we would go back, and we would battle this one team. It's almost like playing a video game. You can't get to the next level until you beat this one board. And for me, that fueled me so much that I want to dance to be my be the thing that I do for the rest of my life. And I made a career out of it. And I ended up, you know, discovering how to, you know, get we met some guys, Marcus and Drew, and they mentored us and, and showed us, hey, we can show y'all the the real deal of hip hop and street dance. And they took us under their wing. And the rest is history, man. Like I, I started dancing un under them and, you know, learning how to teach dance and it be made a whole career out of it for 20 years. That's amazing. So what started as just family parties, seeing your older cousins doing what they're doing, evolved into something that was more fun 
that ultimately yep. evolved into a profession and a passion for you. Yep. Now, fast forward, you're a family man. You've got this dance business. You've got that's how you're supporting your family. And yep. make that connection to what that meant to Christian at this time of his most. It, it was super prominent, I feel, because at that moment, when I started dancing with Christian, he sat up for the first time. I tell people this all the time. If there are people in your life that don't need to be in your life, you got to get rid of them. Right. And that included the doctors. I said, listen, I don't want no negativity inside the hospital room. I don't care if you're a nurse, a doctor, a tech. I don't care if you're a tarantula. You come in here, you got to come here with a positive attitude. In early intervention, you get the PT, you get the OT. In the hospital, they gave musical therapy. So Brady, they come in with these people that mean well. <laughs> but in all reality, I'm like, listen, my son is not feeling these ukuleles and neither am I. So <laughs> therefore... I dismissed the ukuleles and told the uh, the musical therapist that they had to go. And I told my wife to throw in some James Brown and let's go ahead and get busy and started dancing with Christian. In that first video that we did, we just did it just to let people know that we're going to be okay and everything's all right. Little did I know is that it, you know, got over, you know, 10, 15,000 views on the first, on our first shot, just throwing it out there. And that we ended up on the news and now we be started becoming this family that started inspiring other people through our you know, our trial and tribulation, what we were going through, we started inspiring others through dance. And Christian was a huge part of that. And he started to embrace the dancing even more when he started bopping and dancing with me. He just loved it. And I just loved the smile on his face. And I believe that it took his mind off of what was going on as far as the cancer went. No doubt. And so you share that example where he's in the bed, he's not able to even sit up. You start doing some of these moves, you start playing some of this music, and that's part of what fueled him. And there's yeah. absolutely a connection to that in the relation to healing and the relation to, in particular, I feel with individuals with Down syndrome. And so it sounds like he was able to make it through that 32 days in the hospital, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I believe I just saw a video posted by uh, Jocelyn of Christian doing some salsa, some Latina yeah dance right and so yes sir josie has a background with a latina connection and so tell yes. me a little bit more about that yeah so, so she's puerto rican so she was the dancer in her family as well too well all of her sisters you know they all dance but she was the one that was trying to get the party started all the time so she loves doing you know salsa bachata you know and she started teaching christian you know some of these steps as well so it was super awesome to see him you know, develop, enjoying the music and enjoying, you know, dancing with his mom. So now we're at the point where dance has been such a pivotal thing in his life where it's helped his mobility so much. Like he's been able to do so much through dance that his mobile skills have improved, you know, um, tremendously. You know, as you know, like with that can be a challenge as well, too, especially when you have a child with Down syndrome. So we've used dance as a vehicle to help him be more mobile, running, jumping, throwing your hands up, knowing how to point and getting his coordination in order. So we use dance like almost every day in his life to help him with his coordination. So it's awesome now that he's learning uh, salsa as well too. How old is Christian now? Christian is six. He's going to be seven in about two months. Wow. No, yep. uh, no further complications from the leukemia, thankfully. Nope, nope. The remarkable part was that Christian beat cancer in half the time projected. So he was actually supposed to be fighting cancer for a little over 300 days. And what happened was the after the first round, he started cutting his time in half. So 
he would, we would go into the hospital 32 days. It was the first round. Second round, 17. Next round, 16. Next round, 15. Last round, 14. The thing was, is they were expecting him to be in the hospital 32 days or more each and every round. They were saying it's supposed to go up, not down. So he started, you know, shocking the doctors with um, his recovery that we beat cancer in 149 days until this day. Christian is now five years cancer free. It's amazing. What a tender mercy, what a miracle, but also what a testament to the power of positivity and the power Absolutely. of somebody that has unshakable faith and the ability to be able to take something that is quite frankly, traumatic and could be just crushing, soul crushing and turn that into yeah. a, not just a positive for your family, but for the entire world. Absolutely. Question that I have, you know, Christian's going to be seven soon yep. and he's really singing the song that he's meant to sing, but there's a whole life ahead of him. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, just as a dad, what are some of those things that you would say are those fears or those things that you have concern about in the future as you look at your son and his life an individual with an extra chromosome i don't think i have too many fears i just want to i think the one fear that i would have if i'd had any at all i wouldn't call it a fear i would call it a concern is just him being able to verbalize his needs and wants and being able to articulate one of the dreams that i have for him is to be able to speak fluently he speaks and we understand him but he's not having conversations like this one of my dreams for him is to have those these types of conversations um, because I don't ever want him to be in a position where he is nonverbal and he can't, if something happens to him, he can't express or say exactly what happened so that people understand. Right. You know, so that's one of the things that Josie and I have a concern about. And if somebody says something about him, you know, like, you know, you always have people that are kind of ignorant in the world. You know, even to this day, like there are kids even at my son's school or at my daughter when she was in high school, they would say things about Christian that are kind of ignorant. And, you know, you got to kind of like just, you know, kind of comes with the territory, but preparing him for the ignorance in a sense and taking it to a point where don't be down about it, but take the opportunity to educate people on it. Right. And educate people as to, you know, special things that you have about yourself. Because you never know, their children may have a child with Down syndrome or they may have a family member that may have a special ability or something like that. And you wouldn't want, you know, someone, you know, talking to them or talking down to them or thinking that you can't because you're different from other people. Yep. So I think that, you know, for me, really want him to be able to kind of like hold his own ground yep. um, without me. That is, you know, a dream of mine for him to do. So it is a little concerning given the world that we live in. And being that, it's like, you know, I'm kind of like that type of dad who's always trying to prepare them. But you can't, you can't, you can't even really be prepared for everything because I never knew that I was going to have a child, you know, with Down syndrome. I kind of wasn't really prepared for that. I didn't know that he was going to have cancer. I really wasn't prepared for that. But you do the best that you can inside the home, which is the training ground, to help them get to that, that level. I think that's all I could really ask for is just keep plowing away and doing, and doing what I do as a father. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Kenny, one more question before I let you yeah. go. Would love Absolutely. to know, as you look into the future, yeah. as you look at the world, you guys are obviously singing the song you're meant to sing, as I like to say, but what's Mary? one thing you want the world to know about your son? That he's unshakable, right? That he's unshakable. Like, no matter what hits this kid, like, he is, like, 
Mount Zion, in a sense. He's like an immovable force. And I feel that he's here, you know, to bring joy, to bring love, to bring that spark, to bring that inspiration. Christian has a sense of love that is truly remarkable, I would say, because anybody can feel down. And I'll give you a quick example. We were at my friend's restaurant, Crave, in Hamilton, New Jersey, a, a couple of months ago. And Christian sees these two guys. They come and they sit down. They're having lunch. And the one guy just seems super down. And we were about to leave. And Christian just goes up to this guy and just rubs his knee, gives him a hug. And little did we know that that guy said, I needed that today because his dog just died. Oh, man. And Christian just has this knack that when somebody is feeling down, he knows who to give a hug to, like, immediately. And it's incredible. Like, he does it all the time. Like, and people sit there and will testify and say, man, I really needed that hug right now. Like, that just lifted me up my spirits and things in that nature. So I believe that his gift is, you know, is being a cover for people that needed the most in the time that they needed the most. That's the superpower. And that's yeah. a perfect example of a superpower, a special ability. And that's a unique so, thing where society would say that, you know, our children, our <clears throat> our boys have a disability, that they're, mm -hmm. they have a special need. And, and that has a negative connotation to it. And when in reality, yeah, maybe they're not going to pass a college math class, but where it really matters, perfect right. example of this man that needed a big old hug that changed his day for that moment. Yeah, uh, that's where those guys, that's where these kids thrive. And that's the absolutely 100%. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right, I want to give you a chance to share with us your uh, website and social media. I, in fact, yes. encourage our listeners to check this out. Incredible book that Kenny has written. Also super inspirational on what he's doing online. I want everybody to go to www.kennethallenthomas.com. That's K-E-N-N-I-T-H Allen.com. And check out The Unshakable Method. And if I could share really quickly what it is, it's not something that's going to make you a million dollars or anything like that. It's a philosophy. It's a way of thinking. And not only a way of thinking, it's actually a lifestyle. And The Unshakable Method was built on, I, I had this, this conversation with God, and he said to me, if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be? And I said, unshakable. Because everything that I've gone through in my life has not been typical it's been something that's been super challenging. And I believe that we all have experienced something like that to where we are able to, you know, we have to be unshakable and unmovable. And in one of the scriptures that I use all the time is Hebrews 12 and 28, where we serve an unshakable kingdom and we should be in awe of God who is a consuming fire. And I have that fire in me. So when we talk about the unshakable method, there's five areas of elevation into it. There's transformation, there's resilience, there's relationships, there's communication, and unshakable faith. We take these things, we put them all in a pot, and we start digging in on a personal level and a professional level to help people throughout their day. Because when those challenges come, you're going to need these particular tools. So I developed the unshakable method, which was inspired by my son Christian in our challenges in the hospital and our journey through Down syndrome. And it's literally helping companies people, relationships, marriages, children all over the world. I couldn't be more proud of that. And if anybody would like to go ahead and jump in and get into the Unshakable Method, we're hosting workshops every other month this year. 
and we're tackling all those subjects and we're going to help a lot of people personally and professionally grow so that they can be the best that they can be and impact the world that's around them. It's inspiring, brother. Keep going. Yes, sir. Changing the world one person at a time. Yes, sir. This summer, we got to find a way to get you and the family out to Utah. Yes. Time. We're going to make that happen. I love it. We're going to make that happen. I yes, love sir. it. We'll include Kenny's website and everything that we had covered in the show notes. But Kenny, appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conquering Your Clownfish. If you liked what we discussed on the podcast today and want to continue the conversation, please visit us at conqueringyourclownfish.com. And please don't forget to subscribe.